I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week on Up to 90, we talk Louise Woodward. How are you, Judy? Not too bad. I mean, how long have I wanted to do Louise Woodward? Oh, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time. You I can whispering her name in your I ear know. for a long you kept, time. Uh, you, every so often, you'd be like, "But Emma, we must do Louise. But we must. But do. we must. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just think it was just such an interesting one. Well, we'll see. Let's see. Let's find out. Let's find out. Well, now. Um, I know you were saying there's nothing particularly comedy about the topic. No. But challenge accepted. No, I mean, <laughs> no look, obviously, take it on. but I mean, look, people know who we are by now. Like, I we'll know. just go through the facts, make but what you will. I know. Yeah, we're, just we're facilitators. Zero opinion. Totally neutral. We are Switzerland. Oh, we're totally neutral. Yeah, we're gonna make not gonna make any judgments here. But we're gonna no. make a couple of judgments. Fact heavy as always. happened in our life this week i went to the dentist oh i'm really distracted as i talk to you actually because you had uh, a horrendous experience stitches in the gum i'm this sorry is that happening. not your worst nightmare stitches in the gum <laughs> when you go to the dentist that's a song isn't it um i was telling my mom about it so my mom used to be a nurse so obviously any, hey margie and uh she was saying because i got a, a big big ass filling that may be a root canal and I got a, an extraction and she was like it sounds like she did too much and I was like yeah too much too soon and she's like if she puts stitches in your gum she she's like that means she got the scalpel at your gum and I was like yeah you're dead right Margie <sighs> I don't she think you can have. even give us this visual Emma like it's just too I much I know I know so but look and I'm the red the flag mend. was what they did the next day what did you say? The red flag was what they did the next day. What are you talking about? When they called you oh, to see were you okay? Yes, they called me first thing in the morning. And uh, they were like, oh, we just wanted to check if you're okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. But then actually after I got off the phone, I was like, I think I'm actually starting to feel a whole load of pain now. Yeah. So I just think... It's kind of like, you know, when you fucked up and you fucked up bad, mm. you got pissed, you let yourself down and the next day you call and you're just, you're just testing the waters. Yeah, yeah, it was totally you're like, like are that. you okay? 
Yeah. Why? Should I not be yeah. okay? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, grand, grand. Um, yeah. How are you after last night? I'm grand. How are you? Like that. <laughs> yeah. But it was that kind of thing from oh, the definitely. dentist. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. But look, we still had a great gig in Galway. We did. And we both actually like we were both in kind of physical bits for that gig, weren't we? Yeah, it all went a bit mad, didn't it? Well, you couldn't swing for pain. It was there crazy. There was penis everywhere. So it was basically fellas from the Navy and prison guards. I mean, honestly. And the lads from the Navy we asked like us to come back and see the ship. See their ship. But listen, before you get the wrong idea, they're happily married. No yes. big deal. <laughs> it was totally innocent. They just wanted us to... Come see the ship. See their stern. Yeah. But look, I just, I mean, you you know, you were going to give the family away in a heartbeat. Well, I was kind of like, I was so tired. I was like, sure, be rude not to go see the yeah. ship. And then you were like, I think these people are trying to have sex, Jim. I was, I like, was oh, just right, like, yeah. yeah. But it, to be fair, you were on a lot of pain medication. It was, yeah. A lot of pain medication. I know, yeah, it was in bits. And of course, Gordo was there. Gordo Rochford, big shout out. And of course, guys. to his wonderful other half, Claire, who Claire. we adore, love and adore. Gordon Rochford, if you haven't tuned into those conspiracy guys already, do it. It's great. Yeah. And the star of the show, his mom. His mom. Oh my. It all made sense, didn't it? Oh, like literally, you would say to his mom, Oh, sorry, is that my coat? Well, let me tell you about coats. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that she was such a dirt bird. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was great, wasn't and she? And his dad was great as well. Yeah. They were both hunk. lovely. Yeah. She was mad for you to go back to the ship. She was. She was like, Oh, if you're not going, I'm going. Yeah. I think she was a bit like, Look, you can start again. Yeah. This is your practice family. She you can get another enough. family. Yeah. But now, to be family. fair, look, if any, like, in all honesty, just to say, if any of the Irish Navy are listening, thanks for keeping our borders safe. And <laughs> thanks for coming not, to the gig. not, thanks for coming to the gig. Yeah. And thanks for not tearing your family apart. Yeah. Thanks for being happily married and thanks for your innocent invitations to bunk beds. Yeah. So where are we going next? I would love to bunk with you though. Ah, uh, yeah. That would be a show I'd tune into. I know, yeah. Who'd be top bunk? Me. Of course. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Bottom. Bottom all the way. Bossy boots over here. Look, Which bunk do you prefer? Bottom. Would you be a bottom bunker? Yeah, but I but at this see, at, at this stage of my life, Julie. But like, you, it's just well top top bunk. When your bottom bunk, it's like the fact that everyone feels free to sit on your bed. That's oh, yeah. what I don't like. Yeah, no. If me and you were in a bunk bed now, I would choose bottom. Because I know you'd be like, oh, look, whatever suits you. Like I'm totally I'd be totally cool about with it, but I do like being on the top bunk. Well, sure, there we go. We're a perfect couple. Perfect. Why haven't we gotten a bunk bed already? I, do you know what I like about the, the bottom bunk though? The way you can drop a towel, mm. instant room, instant <laughs> hotel room. Sometimes with the boys now on the bottom bunk, we put sheets around it to kind of make a little kind of cave tent thing. Oh. That's fun. It's more hard this. to believe they're doing their leaving search. I know they grow up so fast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, what Please do you think happened on Wednesday? Right. This is yeah, new. They they, I'd have had them for a few months, yeah. You didn't even ask me before you made this <laughs> decision. Sorry. Yeah, Joe's on top because he's the oldest. Yeah, well, that and seems on the fair. Bottom. But the bottom is, I mean, you can't sit up. I mean, that's the drawback of the bottom bunk. Could we raise the, the height? But then should Joe be scraping the ceiling? <sighs> gonna have to, gonna have to move house. I think. <laughs> Take it's the, the only off. solution. Ex- extend. Surely, but the bunk beds don't go that high. But they're such small people. Are they proper sized bunk beds? Yeah. How low are your walls? I'm now just looking at your walls thinking, is this like an Alice in Wonderland situation? Are they caving in? I'll bring you up to the bunk bed. You can't go in a bottom bunk and sit up with any sort of comfort. It's always, you know, when you end up on the house parties and it's all fun and games and then you wake up under My Little Pony duvet in a bunk bed and you're like, this is just wrong. We had to, we had a house party before. And one of the girls uh, went up to Ella's bed. Thought she was gone for the night, but she was ju- Ella home. No, no, she was away. But she just went for a little power nap, made party, and then I'm she came down. She was life and soul. I'm party napper, just Are like you? a nap. Yeah, yeah. I'm more party puker, butcher. Oh, sure look I know. Every time I have a little pukey puke, I just oh, that whiff. I'm like. Emma Doran, <laughs> that girl. She's such a queen. Okay, we're going to talk Louise Woodward. Okay. Why Why are you saying, why are you responding like that? No, I'm ready, I'm ready. Are you not into my podcast? It's our podcast. My <laughs> podcast this week. Yeah, it's yeah. my topic. No, do. My podcast. Our, our, okay. Hang on two seconds. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm just going to give you a bit of an intro. What do you remember about Louise Woodward? So you've just ruined pink for me now. Just like a peel. Um, uh, what do I remember? Not a lot. I I think we were saying it before. I do remember the fact that she was English and it was a massive case at the time because obviously it was happening in America. She was English, so it had that transatlantic appeal in terms of worldwide coverage. Um. I think the vibe on this side of the world was that she was always innocent, wasn't it? I'm probably simplifying this a lot, but I felt like over this part of the world, it was like she was innocent, and in America, it was like she was guilty. It did turn into it did turn into a bit of a golf situation, Europe versus USA. There right. was certainly in England, overwhelmingly, people felt that she was innocent, and I'm going to get to that about in her village, Elton, yes. um, which was uh, which was near to Manchester, of course. Um, in England, people were over obviously overwhelmingly supportive. Yeah, and Sky News just basically took up residence in Elton for the period of the trial and so basically just backtracking okay going back to the 90s yeah, pink so was, was big was julie was puking yeah this <laughs> what is what happened uh this terrible tragedy happened in yeah. uh massachusetts in 1997 so basically mm. what happened was louise woodward case concerned louise woodward a 19 year old british au pair convicted in 1997 of the involuntary manslaughter of eight-month-old Matthew Ipson while while he was in her care in his home in Newton, Massachusetts in the United States. So basically, she was a nanny, she was an au pair. 
left yeah. England for the first time, came to Massachusetts, got I set up with one family, <coughs> wasn't happy, was a bit in the country, yeah. bit too country country. She was a young girl, she wanted to be close to Boston, she wanted to have a bit of a nightlife. So she got set up again. She was obviously working with this au pair agency. Yeah. Got uh, set up with another family. And these were the Epens, both doctors. And uh, they were living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which was the suburb of Boston. And that suited her needs. Right. Um, So she had been with them. Uh, for a period of time, there had been uh, there had been a bit of consternation regarding her uh, going out at night. So a week previous mm. to this incident with Matt, the the baby Matty, right. um, she had actually been sat down. So Deborah Epen's mother, who was would have been Matthew's grandmother, yeah, uh, said that basically that the they had to, her daughter and her husband had to sit her down and say, look, you need to be in by midnight. Like this is just not, you know. This is not. What if she's working okay. the next day? Like, yeah, because yeah. you're with the kids all day, etc. So there had been, you know, a bit, a bit of tension um, in the house based on what the Epen said. So this was from their point of view that they were like, mm, you know, it wasn't exactly ideal. But at the same time, you know, they were happy, you know, to let her look after the kids, etc. There was no suggestion that there was anything untoward happening there. So basically, five days. So th- she called, uh, called nine one one said that she found eight-month-old Matthew Epen uh, struggling to breathe. Uh, he was brought in to hospital. Five days later, he died. Um, the Epens made the decision to turn off the life support. Mm. And the issue was surrounding the injuries initially. So he came in with, so this is like a small baby, uh, came in with a fractured skull, uh, subdural hematoma, uh, which uh, was essentially uh, a serious brain injury, and uh, it was it was seen as being um, as a, a serious brain injury, which was seen as being a result as of trauma with a blunt object. So um, right. that it had been caused by blunt force. Um, now, obviously, immediately after calling nine one one, the child was taken to the hospital. She was interviewed by police. So right. this is where a lot of the confusion happened. So she, the policeman testified, there were four police officers. Now, the, the interview wasn't recorded, but they made notes. So the policeman, uh, one in particular, uh, testified that he was the kind of main interviewer, right. that Louise Woodward had said that she had popped him on the bed popped him on the bed and of course in the states pop has a very different connotation it's something much more violent than it would be uh it would be it's something considered to be much more violent and rough than say it's equivalent what the word would mean in england over this side of the water as well like in ireland the term pop means just a place so she claimed that she used the term popped and that that was misconstrued but the policeman also said that she confessed to him that she dropped the baby on the bathroom floor when she was taking him out of the baths. Oh, God. And she also said that she had been a little rough with him. Now, she maintains that she never said any of this and that this was totally fabricated, did not happen. She was adamant that she said none of this. But the police officer, because I was actually... In researching this, I was watching a really good um, true crime documentary. It was Dateline, I think. Yeah. And... The policeman was just 
like you know the police officer was adamant she was like he was like no I know what she said and that is what she said she said she was a little bit rough that she threw him on the bed and that she dropped him on the on the bathroom floor five days after being admitted to hospital uh, they made the decision to turn off life support because previous to that now just to say she'd obviously been charged with assault and battery based on the injuries and based on the interview but uh, when the child died it was then upgraded to murder so that was when really a lot of the you know it garnered a lot of media interest then because here was this British nanny seen as like the quintessential Mary Poppins with her Mm. Alice band do you remember the Alice band oh yeah that was glued to her head you know going around kind of wide-eyed and you know I didn't do anything wrong etc like I'm totally innocent and people took that visual and they said could this be a killer Right, okay, gotcha. Like, I mean, so you could see why the American media were absolutely fascinated. And also what fascinated them was, was what was seen as her very cool, almost, you know, detached demeanor. She was just very calm, she was yes. very calm, wasn't she? I remember that. Or like, so in American media... calm, just... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like detached, yes. Yeah, so you said that, didn't you? Yeah, completely. Kind of, no, like totally not emotive whatsoever. Yeah, like, like she could have been kind of talking about anything, or even like quite detached. Yeah, weird. Um. Well, this is it. So her demeanor was construed in American media as very weird, mm. just very strange. Of course, in Britain, mm. she was very much held up to be kind of you know she was you know lauded for her composure. How yes. cool, calm she was, in, you know, in a very stressful situation. She maintained and composure at all times. She realised the severity of what she's being accused of. Yes. And so, you yes. know, she was so, th- her, like, I suppose her actions and her demeanour was celebrated on one side of the world and it was, like, castigated on another side. Isn't it funny how the, like... Uh, the cultural differences. Even though they're, you know, both English-speaking countries and they would share well i suppose england would probably get more of america's news and you know Mm. pop culture and whatever Mm. but they would still get some english stuff you know like there's there are countries that know about each other or whatever you know what i mean but but yet they can misread each other so much i think yes and they and so the louise woodard she wasn't the only person coming under media scrutiny because Deborah Epen, the mother mm. of this poor baby who had died, she came under scrutiny for being a working mother. I mean, we're talking the 90s. So we've course, touched on this before. Yes. You know, working mother is being completely vilified. I mean, one thing that she was majorly attacked over was having the audacity to go out to work and getting an au pair in to look after her kids. I mean, people couldn't get their head around this at all. And she came on in for so many attacks, especially the way... So she relayed evidence uh, during the trial. I mean, she was so composed. She was, you know, she was um, very... I mean, I wouldn't say calm, but she was certainly very... uh, very together when she was delivering her evidence and this came under huge scrutiny as well because people were saying this just isn't doesn't add up people of course completely neglecting to take into consideration like that she was a doctor by trade so like you know she was probably used to having to be professional in very difficult situations so anyway the trial got upgraded uh sorry the, the charge got upgraded to murder 
they enlisted, so the au pair agency is obviously paying for defence. They got Barry Sheck. Do you remember him? Who was Barry Sheck? Think of the other biggest TV trial in the 90s. Oh. Do you know that we were doing a 90s podcast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> grand. That's today, is it? I kind of fancy... I'm a bit thirsty. Would you have any orange juice, sir? <laughs> Sorry, yes. OJ. So he yes. was OJ's defence. He was the little guy. Yes, yes. So their entire defence, their entire defence rested on the fact that they said this was not... So the, the prosecution's contention was that this... Uh, brain injury was mm. caused by shaken baby syndrome, that right. Louise Woodward had shook the child to death. The defence contested that this was not the case. They actually got a guy and I think it was... So uh, hang on, sorry, who, what side was Barry on? Barry was on the defence side. Right, okay. Yeah. So they got this neuropathologist, Jan Leestma. He was this guy who said no. What I would think this is, he the child did have a, a skull fracture, right. but that was an old injury. It was healing. It was clearly healing. He was very ad- very strong on this. He said it was clearly healing. Right. And ultimately, it was a blood clot, an old blood clot, which caused this child's death. It ruptured, and this is what caused the, these catastrophic, catastrophic injuries to the child. Right, okay. Now, a juror on the Dateline documentary, what I found really interesting was, he said, he was like, ultimately came down to, they were asking us, did we believe the doctors who treated Matthew, who were adamant that this child had been shook, and mm-hmm. this was a clear case of shaken baby syndrome, right. or did we believe this expert on the defence side who had never treated the child, and ultimately we all said, we're going to go with the doctors who treated the baby. Right, okay. So we had professional kind of pitted against professional. So during the course of the trial, uh, Louise Woodward gave evidence don't know if you remember that. Uh, mm. She came across as a bit of a, a bit naive. Again, yeah. her demeanor was construed as a bit strange like on the 19. stand. She was a kid. She was an absolute kid. I mean, I think it's. Uh, she was a child herself. And let's see, like uh, a cousin of mine now. She's eighteen, and she's an au pair in Cork. And I'm like, God, that's mad. Now, I think there's no, like, young kids, but it's a very intense for well, a she woman was of that age to be kind yeah. of caring for a family. Well, for example, now, so it was EF Education First. So that was the agency she signed up with. She right. only got three days of training. Crazy. Do you know what I mean? Three days of training, like, she was... You know, she was being worked to the bone. And one of the things actually in the Dateline documentary, and I actually mentioned it to Fred today. He's like, if I have to hear another thing about your fucking podcast. (laughs) He was like, honestly, it was it was touch and go there in our relationship this afternoon when I was like, Louise Woodward. She was like, if you go on about Louise Woodward one more time. But I did say to Fred, I said, the thing that actually stuck with me was the prosecutor on the Dateline documentary was saying ultimately this child was injured you know the defence contested that these were accidental injuries he also had a little he had a wrist injury old wrist injury and he was like let's be logical like this we've got working parents we've got a teenager who is being worked I don't know how he phrased it but something on the lines of like she's overworked Mm. she is the motivation because she's frustrated she feels trapped and she's angry he was like ultimately he was the motivation there and I was like "Mm, that's very persuasive but during the course of the trials it was basically like you know were these old injuries 
uh, were they not? Uh, Louise Woodward gave evidence. Her demeanour was seen as quite strange. She did go to see the play around 17 times. Not making a judgment. Okay, well, this is a game changer now. But seriously. 17 times. To see the play rent. I mean, even... Okay, Look, even just let's talk about what kind of money she was on as an au pair. Yeah, that's what I thought tickets. at the time. When I remembered that and I was like, where is she getting the money for this? Oh, God. I mean, a bit mad. But the thing that really... Oh, you've totally forgotten this, Emma. And when I mm. saw it in the Dateline documentary, it actually gave me the shivers. So her own defence counsel is cross-examining her. His name eludes me now, but not Barry Sheck, the other guy. Yeah. The main question... So his voice is starting to break because he's so overcome with the emotion of it all. And he says, did you hurt Matty? And she laughs and says, no, I didn't. What? No. In that moment, her own defence counsel, uh, the lady on the team, uh, she actually said in the documentary, said, in that moment, I knew her neck was on the chopping block. So the most important question, and she laughs. So what happened? Did she just panic and... So she, so then her defence counsel said, look, it all, all must have been a nervousness, okay? It must have been a nervous reaction. But it is, to be honest, you watch an Emma... And even, you know, you're saying, look, you remind yourself, Julie, she's 19 years of age. Don't be judgmental. But you're thinking that's an odd reaction. Like a question, your life hinges on this question. Mm. I just thought it was bizarre. Now, her defense team did something very interesting. They said, let's take manslaughter out of the equation. The jury, it's called noose or loose. Okay, so the jury either find her innocent or find her guilty of murder. Right. Very, very, you know, obviously very kind of, um, you know, a dangerous enough strategy. But they yeah. were so confident that she was going to get away with it. And of course, what happened? She was found guilty of murder. Found guilty of murder. And in that moment, That's it's quite bizarre. One. So she's totally silent. Mm. And then her defense counsel whispers to her. And I remember this at the time as a sassy, womanly 12 year old. Yes. I remember absolute silence. Sorry. Speaking of your sassy, womanly 12-year-old. Were oh, you sorry, wait. I'm doing the maths. I was 14. Whatever. We're still waiting to see pictures. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just need to be in a safe place when I open that shoebox. Okay. And I just need to be holding the hand of someone I trust. Yeah. And not someone like you who's going to have it all over your Instagram story before I even Sorry. have time to process. I would not do that at all. I know you wouldn't. Do yeah. it. You wouldn't do it. But we will. I'll bring the shoebox next time and we'll go through it together. Yes. Um. So she's found guilty and absolute silence. And then he whispers to her and she starts screaming and saying, I didn't hurt Matty. Why are you doing this to me? And she looks over at the media. Now, at the time I was like, mm. but I suppose ultimately, you know, if you have been convicted of something you didn't do and you're the def- your defence counsel tells you to see something, you're going to do it. You know, so probably can't read into that. Uh, I remember watching it, the Sky News live from Elton. The Rigger was the local pub. That was kind of their, their oh, headquarters yes. for the Free Louise yeah. campaign. And the groans, the moaning, the absolute horror when that result, when that verdict was read out. Absolute. They were aghast. They were appalled. Just even watching it back in the documentary, like just that collective moan, like no, 
I, I really feel, even watching it back, and I felt at the time, that they did not see that coming. They did yeah. not see the conviction. I mean, remember, we are talking beyond reasonable doubt. So if yeah. you have one neuropathologist, if anyone knows what that is, please get in touch. But <laughs> one neuropathologist saying it's an old injury. Yes. It's accidental. And like these other people saying, no, this is clearly shaken baby syndrome. I mean, it's, it's a tough one to call. But... This is the really interesting thing. So uh, she's convicted of murder. Uh, the judge, Zobel, was seen as a bit of a maverick. Okay, so he was the guy who was obviously presiding over the trial. The yeah. defense counsel did say that during, say, their you know medical uh, medical experts' uh, evidence, he did he did say they did say oh it felt like he was. Judy, we haven't been recording. Yes, I'm joking. <laughs> you whore. I just, you I just wanted the listener to know how frequent an occurrence this is. <laughs> it's know. happened. Okay, will we be honest? I recorded Louise Woodward episode a long time ago. I'm just not a fan of the Louise Woodward topic. And mysteriously, it's that just, disappeared. Uh, no. It made a mysterious disappearance. No, that was, you know that... You know that one was your fault. Okay, the first, let's play no, that the, game. the first. You've got your rules, Emma. I have no. Mine. The first. Anyways, back word. to my <laughs> smoking gun moment. So Zobel was a bit of a maverick. <laughs> Thank you for giving me um, a serious, well, bit of a coronary. Thank you, Emma. Um. So Sorry. he said he. They felt he was on his side. Basically, he had to sentence her to life. Barry Sheck made an appeal. Very rare that it's granted. But he said, listen, why don't you judge this? Forget okay. the jury. Go back, look at the evidence and you give us your verdict. And they kind of knew it was going to go their way. Right. Sure enough, he came back. He reduced it to involuntary manslaughter. This is down from murder. Right. And sent, changed the sentence. This is what was the real bone of contention to time served. So she'd been in prison for nine months. Right. She was free to go. And another interesting fact. It was the first ever verdict, the first decision. Sorry, not verdict. Well, I suppose you could call it a verdict. But first judge's decision ever to be published on the internet. Oh. The first one ever. So he published, he was a bit of a maverick. He published it on, uh, published his legal decision over uh, over the internet, explained his reasons why uh, he had reduced the sentence and was releasing her. And obviously there was total uproar, um, very controversial. She was let go home um, because she had served her time and she was home in England in June 1998. That autumn, uh, started studying. Sorry, autumn of nineteen ninety nine. Started studying law. Uh, yes. Sorry, autumn of ninety eight. So less than six months after this, she started studying law. Um, and then she actually it was March nineteen ninety nine. Uh, Dateline. It was again. No, sorry. What the sixty minutes had. A show about the Louise Woodward case, basically two experts on saying, you know, it definitely wasn't shaken baby syndrome. Since then, a lot of science would seem to kind of stand in the defense's corner. But right, again, okay. you know, this is with the benefit of, of hindsight. Yeah. You know, who knows if it if they I mean, I, I'm not who knows how, how much they've actually examined the details of this specific case. But there's been a lot more questionable 
uh, questionable accusations and uh, charges and convictions of shaken baby syndrome. And the whole issue has become much more of a grey area. Uh, She herself, Louise Woodward, uh, now teaches salsa teaches salsa so she Didn't really put that, that coming, in put the law degree to good use and uh, had a baby there a couple of years ago at age 35 she had a baby with her husband and one thing which actually I just think is absolutely disgusting uh, you know just oh, talk about like the media sometimes it just makes your skin crawl mm. they went to Deborah Epen and said have you heard Louise Wood- Woodward is pregnant Ugh. and how does that make you feel and she she was like the quote was she was visibly distraught, found it hard to compose herself, and you know said I'm gonna have some I have to take some I didn't know that I'm gonna have to take some time to think of a response or something to that effect and I just thought you how does that person sleep at night? That's pure scum, isn't it? Isn't it pure scum? Ugh. I mean, who are these people? She did, of course, do a couple of interviews after. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that. Like, has she spoken about it recently? Has, or? Hasn't spoken about it recently, but she did She did speak about it in an interview after the fact. And now it was a few years ago, I and mean, I suppose relatively recently. It was a few years after right. the whole the whole incident. I mean, I was struck. I mean, it's a tough one because I know what she was saying about how, you know, I know when she got pregnant, she said, I know there are some people, you know, waiting for, waiting for me to have, sorry, this is before she got pregnant. She said in an interview, I know there are some people waiting for me to have a child so that they can say na- nasty things. I am entitled to enjoy my life. I'm not going to apologize for being happy. I am innocent. So she was very adamant. She was like, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to cave to like this kind of intense media pressure and media right. scrutiny. I've done nothing wrong. In the last interview I saw with her, though, I was struck by, now obviously a bit of distance from the events, but very, again, very cool. And one thing which actually did register with me, she said, oh, you know, ultimately the jury didn't believe my medical evidence. There was something quite clinical about that, I thought. Yeah. You know, rather than say the jury didn't believe me, it was like the jury didn't believe the medical evidence. I don't know. Oh, it's just... It's a tough one. But so yeah, no, and so thing. look, she's living... I mean, she's living a normal life now. Uh, you know, she's she's got the kids, the salsa dancing, etc. But it was certainly, it was definitely a trial. I mean, you probably remember the trial being on in your house, do you? Or seeing snippets of it? Yeah, I do. I do remember the trial... A bit, but I think even then, I don't know what it is. I just would have always found it like kind of hard to voyeuristic, just just kind of yeah, just like an eight month old baby and stuff. I just like oh, I can't, I can't uh, watch it. So I wouldn't have watched much of it. I I would have been like the, it would have been more like the bulletin kind of update bits or whatever. But it's just, I mean, the whole thing just looked like a complete circus, and I mean. You know, it's one of those things that, and the baby was forgotten. Yeah, That's and you see, I there's feel. no, yeah. there's no, there's no end to it. There's really no for closure any, for, for anybody. anyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no real resolution, or you know, like, mm. um, for any of the people involved. And as yeah, as you say, like the baby just gets forgotten about. But I suppose 
like that's the thing about law it is very black and white mm. well, and, you know emotion there's no place and for emotion one thing, and that's and obviously one why thing they got the, rid of the jury's yes and one thing the prosecutors well the, the jury now who's spoken to date and was like her demeanour didn't make a difference but I mean I think it would make a difference to me as a juror yeah. at the same time we were just speaking about cultural things and that's you know that British stiff upper lip yeah. doesn't exist here in Ireland but like you yeah. know it is something that's kind of held up as you know something venerable like in in English society having that stiff upper lip so you have to factor in a cultural thing but the prosecutor did say and it was something that struck me when I was rereading about Sobel overturning it he was like there are a lot of people in this country who have been put away now obviously talking about the American penal system who've been put away for life a lot longer they're put away for life and they've done a lot less than she was accused of and ultimately found guilty of. And it was something that struck me. It did seem like Zobel, this particular case just got under his skin. And ultimately he felt she should have been acquitted and he reacted in that way. But you just think there are so many people in the American penal system yeah. who don't get that chance. And surely there are judges sitting there saying this is wrong. And yet they do not do a Zobel on it and overturn it and say, do you know what? I'm going to overturn it. And as well as that, you can go home today because I think you've served enough time. I mean, nine months for involuntary manslaughter is nothing. It is nothing. And it's kind of surprising that that happened in America because... Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, it's we so surprising. Going, oh, they're like pretty they're serious They're hardcore, You did watch Mars McCabe, Doc, did you? Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. watch it? I heard it was awful. Oh, it was, well, it was a great piece of documentary making but yeah looks like he's going to get the old five million well to be damages. fair it was systematic oh yeah character assassination for a decade like, i'm so. sorry but like he fucking earned that five mil oh he did big stuff but uh we have to give a shout out to geraldine have to give a shout out to geraldine of Image, Dali Image, yes. Wrote she... this fantastic bit on being a child in the nineties. Do check it out. It's it's ga- it was brilliant. Yeah, and so she's but a then fan. art attack, top of the pops, pogs, it all gets a mention. Oh yeah. We I were... really brought me back. I loved reading it. Yeah. And she's a fan of the show, so shout out to Geraldine. I'm your social Geraldine worker. Carton. Do you remember that song by Las Vegas? Geraldine Carton. As in the house. That's her gaff, by the way. Oh yeah. What was the name of the article now? If people it's want not. to find Let's it. Let's check it out. Let's find it. Come on. Are you in your Instagram story? Emma likes to do double record. Are you are you have you been recording on Insta all this time? No. Um okay. It is Geraldine Carton, the name of, it's uh, from Spice Girls to the Den, an ode to growing up in 90s Ireland. And it is absolutely brilliant. So do check it out. Really enjoyed it. And I think that's it. Corrections Corner. Do we have any glaring omissions last week? No, we had Garode on last week. We had Garode on last time. Amazing feedback about Garode, who, I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. He's great, yeah. So we're definitely going to get him back. Yes. Um, Here's a question, guys. Do check out his podcast as well. Fascinated, it's brilliant. We were talking about doing some. Yes, let's ask live podcasts. Um, so if you've any ideas of venues anywhere close to you that you'd like to see us, get in touch. We're not going to think you're so. People sometimes message and they go, "Oh, I'm, I've never messaged." 
people before are. You probably think I'm a weirdo stalker. We don't. We're asking you to get in touch. Yeah. So if you want us to come hit up your town, Dude, whatever. it's a genuine, like, I think the best feedback we have gotten is actually from, like, the listeners. Yeah. Like, people saying, I liked that. Didn't like that. Didn't like that. And, like, we love it because it just yeah. it just lets us know kind of what you so want. So let us know. We're looking, we're looking to take your knowledge and ideas this week. Yeah. So we, we're doing a stand-up tour at the moment but we're like oh we must we must do some we live really, podcast we want to get into the live shows because we to be honest any gig we're doing people are asking us about the podcast and people seem to be listening which is brilliant please do say it to us as well if you're at a show and you listen to the podcast because we love that yes but what we want is we want to do live shows but where when new year we're thinking um yes. but if you know of a venue that you think will be good for a podcast show so the whole idea of the podcast show bit of comedy probably going to have a panel yeah uh interesting topic or two yeah and that us. kind of buzz yeah. and also of course Fred Cook is going to be doing our musical musical intros musical medleys so please just let us know any good venue i know somebody gave me a good one now um on my instagram the other day uh, in Cork. Oh, so cool. that could be one. Cool. And before we go, I want to say hello to James. Oh, Nolan, James, who has your been spreading the word. WhatsApp made me lol. So thanks. Thanks Absolutely a loved it. So thanks so much, James. Oh, well, where are you, James? I don't know where you're based. Let us know where you are. Oh, it was a gas message. Um, and so, yeah, also, spreading the word for us. So quick thanks. question as well on the on the subject of listeners getting in touch. A couple of people got on to us about how to actually review us on iTunes. So the deal with iTunes is, it's kind of us versus the machine. Like yes. we wanna, we want obviously we we want to get onto the new and noteworthy, all that kind of crack. Reviews really help with getting up the charts, all that kind of thing. We're not quite sure how it works because we're not clever, but no, we just know it does. Say, Judy, if you want to review us, though, there, it's getting scared. If every now and again I try the word algorithm and people nod, saying that bitch knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you need to go onto iTunes. You need yes. to go onto iTunes, the podcast. So it's like that purple icon. I mm. go into the podcast and you can find us, put in up to 90. You find us and you can rate and review us there. So we've had some a couple of really nice reviews. And do you need to be, do you need to um, have iTunes to do that though? I presume you do, but I mean, you can get it on an Android. Like you don't have to have an iPhone to have iTunes. See, not everyone knows that. I mean, yeah. I obviously know. But I mean, because so, Fred has iTunes and he doesn't have an iPhone. Oh, I'm. And I've just thought Fred has not reviewed us yet. Well, you take so that his phone must and you stop. It. Yeah. Um, but honestly, and it actually really warms our hearts and it means so much to see a couple of reviews there. Yeah, it's a real Sunday Sunday vibe, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's just, lovely. Just having a little So chat. we'd really appreciate it. And look, when it comes to the podcast, please just tell one person you trust. Yeah. And that's how we will spread, spread the gospel of up to 90. So look, I've been Julie J. I've been Amadora. Chat to you soon. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.